Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Greg Gillian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where my friend Craig and I, we get together each week and we work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from their first film all the way to their last. And Craig, season three, we've been talking Sam Raimi. All good, all things Sam. And I'd say we are knee deep in Spider-Man. We are knee deep in web fluid. <laughs> whoa, 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 we were. <laughs> all, the good, all the good web fluid. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> We are there, aren't we? <laughs> we are, we are. It's just nothing but Spider-Man at this time. It's, yeah, and that's, it's good, but it feels so familiar, Craig. Yeah, it's good, but slightly, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, it's world tread territory. It is, isn't it? It <laughs> you is, know what I mean? it is. Today. Like, I, liked, I liked the surprise of um, the gift, even though I enjoyed it when I first watched it. Yeah. But yeah. Now I'm just in this, yeah, I was like, yeah, I know, I know this place. It's it's really interesting because when I think about our little journey so far this season, at the start of the season, if I looked at Sam Raimi's filmography, mm. all I wanted to do was to get here. Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? And it's, a, and it's a really interesting place to be at because it's a really nice place to be. Yeah. See, I, that's weird. I, I was sort of like this with Back to the Future. Yeah, it is, isn't you it? Know I mean, like this is the, these are not just Sam Raimi's. Um, best like you know th- these aren't the ones that sent you know these aren't Sam Raimi's but these are actually just iconic films in themselves yes. you know what I mean yes. and these are ones that you know whether yes Sam Raimi attached or not yeah well obviously but it's just yeah these are the original Spider-Man trilogy yeah awesome <laughs> it is so last week we had a great time with our friend Andy uh, Andy from Big Dog Podcast was on uh, podcast and comedy he did yes. have a podcast yes apologies they actually if you want to find them they're at big dog pod is their uh hashtag big dog. their their handle so to speak but andy from big dog comedy was in the house um we had a great time talking the first spider-man yeah, didn't we yeah it was great it was great yeah we talked all things from actually the journey of just getting spider-man to the screen oh, which was arduous man it that bloody canon films yes it was an adventure and we had a good time so i guess we're at spider-man 2 now craig yeah and if we think about the spider-man trilogy it's the halfway pointer here we're actually <laughs> on math is on board uh, tonight. <laughs> yeah well, look we have now watched two-thirds of the spider-man oh. film <laughs> <laughs> we um, have one third left but What's actually incredible that dawned on me today, Craig? This is Sam Raimi's 11th film. Yeah. And so we've actually only got three films left. Wow. What are those again? So we've got Spider-Man 3 next week. Yep. Followed by Drag Me to Hell. Yep. Then Oz the Great and Powerful. Wow. He's really slipped off. He's really dropped his game. Well, I'd say, yeah, because family man he's now. done... He needs to learn a line from Zemeckis and just oh whoa, <laughs> just break through some divorces and get you know, <laughs> <laughs> knuckle down, that. knuckle down and through the hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he needs some of that El Guapo line, <laughs> just pure pure cocaine for that you know Spielberg oh, has just on, in a pouch. <laughs> 
just sewed into his coat. It's like I'm picturing like a rock climber's pouch. Yeah, exactly. Like a rock he climber's pouch. Yeah. Throws into his face. Yeah, when Spielberg goes, I don't know if I can fit in my schedule. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, I can do it. <laughs> How did it happen? I just got another two days this week. Yeah. <laughs> Time is don't slow. Don't you work, don't you work a nine day work week? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm really keen to get into this film. And it's really interesting because off air, a lot of the times, Craig and I will be like, we really want to talk about this episode. Can't wait to talk about this movie. Mm. And then we it dawns on us, something we've learnt through the podcast, yeah. is the films that we love, we don't have a lot to say about them. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess we've talked about it so many times. You're just talking about the same stuff again, aren't you? Yeah, like every movie, it's all like going into a forest and then there's just some well-trodden paths. Yeah. And this one has, like, paved roads. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the... My dad and I um, did, a, did a hike a few years back, which was we did the um, Overland Trail through Tasmania. Yeah. So you do seven days of solid hiking. And there were portions of that which you literally thought you were lost in a swamp. Uh, there were parts of that you thought you were so lost. like chrome wave. <laughs> lost on top of a mountain. And that was sort of like... That's like the gift. Yeah, simple plan sort simple of territory. Plan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Beautiful then there were views. times Not many people get where um, the government had actually built boardwalks for you to walk on. Welcome to Spider-Man. And where it's Spider-Man too. <laughs> <laughs> One of those, the next film is where the boardwalk got a bit rotten and you're a bit... Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. like, what? The contractors <laughs> took the money <laughs> and they didn't actually build it properly. It's, a, it's actually been raining a little bit, so the boardwalk's got real slippery. Yeah, and it's eroded. So, Craig, Spider-Man 2 this week, should we just hook in? Let's hook in. Let's hook in, Let's guys. do it. I love how that's become our little... <laughs> every episode, we just hook in, don't we? We just hook in. Let's We're just hookers. get into it. So, there's been two years between Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. Cool. Okay, so opening weekend... Um, Spider-Man 1 comes out and has this record-breaking weekend. I think it did something like $150 million in that first weekend. And let's give a beautiful shout-out to, um, obviously, the promotion of the film. Oh, wonderful. Fantastic, man. That was, I guess, you could almost say that was almost the, you know, the start of these starting at number one promotion. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It was beautiful promotion. You'd really say, like... Um, the tentpole sort of films, you'd occasionally have an Indiana Jones pop-up or yeah. a Mission Impossible or something like that in those days. But really, this is that that tentpole, everyone wants to see it. Yeah. You know, it's like... Showed showed enough of Spider-Man, but not enough. Yeah. Showed little bits of swinging. Yeah, you know, A little bit of webbing here and there. And then, yeah. So good. And you're just like, man... And you see the suit and you went, oh, yeah. You saw it on the cover of the Empire magazine or Premiere. Oh, yes. And you go, oh, I'm going to buy that magazine just to see the suit. E- even just the poster that featured him in iconic sort of Spider-Man poses <sighs> with the orange behind yeah. it. Oh, man, it was so good. So they have this massive opening weekend and understandably, Sony are like, well, we're going to make a lot of money off this film. Mm. Let's move forward with a sequel. Go for it. And As they do. Would. And they do, Craig. So, um, Raimi starts preparing the sequel. Yep. They go out and they hire Alfred Goff and Miles Miller, um, Sony do, to yep. start writing the story for the sequel. What else has he done? Now, Alfred Goff and uh, Miles Miller were heavily involved with Smallville. Oh, cool. Okay, so they sort of created and really oversaw that. Tom Welling's returning to his Smallville role. Yeah, I did hear that. In the Arrowverse. That would be very interesting. Damn, and actually, yeah. I, I saw... I haven't ever watched... 
I watched like the first episode, the first couple of seasons, the first season of Arrow. I never really got into everything else. I've got friends that love it. Oh man, I got yeah, CW people who are just wild. Yeah, yeah. And I should be in it. Like t- I watched the episodes with um the Supergirl episode with Tyler Hogan, and they're awesome. He's an are awesome they? Superman. <laughs> Brilliant Superman. So good. So they also later on would go on. They didn't have a, a big body of work as like cinema cinema releases. Yeah. And more television. Um, they'd later go on and do I Am Number 4 as well. Oh. Yeah. Peter so, Kisswell. So, um, so they wrote, wrote a script and it actually featured Dr. Octopus, the Lizard, and Black Cat all as villains in the sequel. Well, Kirk Connors was pretty big in this one. Yes, yes, for what about? Yeah, for the lizard. Yeah, so he pops up for about two minutes. Yeah, exactly. He? But you know, the, the they're uh, they're building towards. Yeah, it, aren't you can they? tell. The, yeah, they're they're actually landing like um like they tried to do with the leader in um in Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've oh, forgotten the guy's name. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You know that guy. Yeah. Um, um, the Cohen dude. Yeah, he's I awesome. love him. Yeah, he's a great actor, man. And he's awesome friends with um, Norton the, as well. Yeah. 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 So um, a month later, um, after they've hired, actually, Sony have hired these guys a month before the film's released. Yeah. So they've actually not announced the film. So I got a bit sort of my timeline got a bit skewed there. Sorry. But a month later, Spider Man's release. It's massive. Yep, Sony it's announced that they're going to release in 2004 a sequel. Um, May 2004 is when they're announcing it. So then they bring in, um, they actually, their press release were calling it The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yep. Um, so that was the title they were working with. with and um, Sony gave the film a budget of $200 million. Oh, wow. Huge budget. That's crap. huge, man. Huge. That's huge. So, um, a month later after that, Sony then brings David Coep in to do some rewrites yep. and assist in the in the script. Yep. Now, David Coep, Jurassic Park, a whole heap of films, including the first Spider-Man. Jurassic Park, Sony? No, Universal. Okay, cool. Just checking if that was um, So, he comes in to help with the writing of the sequel. Yep. Um, so, they, they work for a bit longer. And a few months later in September, um, Sony hires Michael Shabon. To come on board and yeah, write a script. Yeah. Now, we've talked recently about Michael Shabon because an awesome name. Uh, because he's an author, and I've just started write, reading his book, "The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay." Oh, yes, that's right. Um, and so it was one of those little moments that I go, "Oh wow!" When I'm like researching this, so Michael Shabon at this point hadn't really worked on films either. Yeah. Um, he'd received a lot of um, acclaim. Thanks to the Wonder Boys, which featured, if I remember rightly, Toby Maguire was Douglas. in it. Yeah, 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 Michael um, Douglas. Yeah, so he'd actually written the novel of that and assisted in the writing of the film oh, wow. for that. So he's he's got a lot of novels that tend to, to have been written uh, and turned into films. Um, obviously, he's tend to be written because he's the author. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know, oh, good on you, Jeff. Uh, have some more coffee. Um, he would later go on and write a film that is very dear to this podcast. Rain he of fire. is this. No, no. <laughs> rain of fire. Rain of fire. Actually, I this week for people out there, there's a podcast called um, The Fighter and the Kid. Yeah. That I listened to an episode this week, and where the two hosts and their guest, um, which I won't say who that guest is, because. 
it'll be a little spoiler for later on seasons. Yeah. Um, they just gush over their love of Rain of Fire. Oh, and really? I oh, was driving God. and I was literally fist pumping out the window like, yay, <laughs> someone else. <laughs> International validation. Um, <laughs> Michael Shabon wrote um, the script for John Carter. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's also uh, written the pilot episode for the new Picard season. Oh, really? Made. Yeah. That's interesting, man. The new Picard looks interesting. Oh, at I am on board. Mm. I'm going to check it out, Craig. I'm very looking forward to it. So he comes in to rewrite the script, and his vision of the film actually featured Doc Ock. Yeah. But a young Doc Ock. Oh. Okay, so now the idea about uh, young Doc Ock is a couple of things. He is the one who um, had created the genetically modified spiders for Oscorp. Oh, cool, yeah. Okay. Um, and he became, became in, this, in this vision, infatuated with MJ. So while there's the whole Peter struggling to balance yeah. Spider-Man and love life, um, Doc Ock... Otto Octavius is taking MJ out on dates and things like that. So that's sort of going on. So now while they're on a date, um, Octavius, now I'm not sure from the sounds of it, he at that stage had the attachments. Oh, okay. Okay. Injures really badly some muggers and it like just disgusts MJ. Oh, So then that turns him to sort of get a bit vengeful. Yeah. And... In that battle, so he injures the the muggers, then Spider-Man comes to stop him. And they have this huge battle where his tentacles become fused together. And in doing that, it actually starts creating this thing that starts killing Otto Octavius. And the only way to survive or slow his dying is to um, kill Spider-Man. So he can take his spinal fluid, oh. which has got the genetically altered spiders. Oh. So, so, and in this, there's a little sort of side story, which is he finds out that Peter's Spider-Man yeah. and creates an antidote because he knew about the spiders he'd created yeah. that takes away his powers. Oh, so, okay. so then it's the and whole, he needs smart. to get the spine to sort of do all that, cleanse himself of what's <laughs> killing him. Um, so... That's a funny little thing. And and then in that, um, Oc, Doc Ock and Harry sort of team up to catch, capture Spider-Man. So Harry's yeah. still upset with Spider-Man, all that sort of stuff. And um, he actually, Harry uh, puts a bounty on Spider-Man's head of $10 oh. million dollars through the Daily Bugle. So that further develops that hate that uh, J. Jonah Jameson has yeah, of exactly. Spider-Man. And James Franco's. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So I do like the development in that because I think that sort of brings those characters out a bit yeah, more I than we probably too, get yeah. into. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the And then from there, the fact that he's got a bounty on his head, the city of New York starts to turn against Spider-Man. Uh, Which in all the films, New York never turns on Spider-Man. No. They're, they love Everyone him. Everyone understands Spidey. So, Avi Arad, who's a producer at the time, he doesn't like the idea of the love tri- triangle between Peter, MJ, and Octavius. Yeah. Um, and he also didn't like the idea of the bounty being put on Spider-Man's head. He okay. just felt they were a bit unsubtle. <laughs> so, basically, what happened? Avi Arad is probably coming Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Throw venom in there. Um, Sam Raimi then teams up with Alvin Sargent. 
Now, do you know who the Alvin Sargent is? No, he sounds like Al- a chipmunk. Alvin Sargent is an old school film screenwriter. Yeah. So he actually passed away a few years ago at 92. Oh, so, right. Um, he wrote Gambit. Oh, really? The 60s Gambit. Yeah. Uh, the 70s A Star Is Born. Oh, wow. And What About Bob? Ah! Yeah, I knew you'd love that. (laughs) Ahoy! (laughs) (laughs) So together, um, Sergeant and Raimi basically go through each of the scripts that all these guys had worked on and took the pieces they loved and just removed pieces that weren't as essential. Yeah, cool. And so um, Raimi talks about that in it, he drew a lot of inspiration for the film from Superman 2. Yeah. So that was really his um, his inspiration in it, where he really wanted to draw on what happens in that balance of responsibility mm. and also like your personal desires. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I do love that about this film. Yeah, same. I've never actually. That's so smart. When when I I've never heard that before. So that's really cool. Because yeah, Superman two is very much like that. Obviously. Yeah, it Superman is. Superman actually gives up his powers. Yeah, hundred percent. And mm. so. You you start thinking, oh wow, that that gave me post and post it all just gave me a bit more context to the film, yeah, which you does. sort of go, oh man, I wish I had that going. Here. Yeah. Um. So now this film isn't without a little drama, Craig. Ooh, I like a little drama. And when I say a little drama, so James Franco. No, God, it's frustrating. It's Toby. Toby, Toby Maguire, Toby. So he's part of his pussy posse just getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I know, isn't it? That's a horrible name. Yay. Isn't that a horrible yep. name? Who gave him that name? Was it just like, did they give him themselves oh, that name? They gave themselves that, I guarantee you. Oh, God. Just, you know, DiCaprio and all them. You just like, they. you can just smell douchiness. Even though they're amazing actors, you can just smell douchiness. I reckon they'd be wicked on their own, but together they'd just be this really toxic. Douchey, like smell my finger type yep. people, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Now, I, I really want to put a caveat on this little section of the history of this film because a lot of it is rumour. Love rumour. But in it, there are quotes from people within the industry that sort of add credibility to it yeah. versus it just being pure speculation. Cool. Okay. So, while this is all being uh, developed, in 2003... Uh, Maguire releases a film that both you and I love called Seabiscuit. Yes. Okay, now if anyone hasn't seen it, it's the story of a jockey. Um, and a horse named Seabiscuit. And a horse named Seabiscuit. It is a beautiful Diane Lane. film. Oh, Gary Ross directed Superman's mum. So um, during that, so 2003 that's released. And during that, um, in the lead up to the filming of Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. it's reported that Tobey Maguire has injured his back on set. Oh, wow. Of Seabiscuit. Of Seabiscuit. So, Tobey Maguire's doctor goes and talks to Sam Raimi Mm -hmm. and the studio, not Tobey Maguire, his doctor, to advise after two very physical films, physically demanding films, Tobey's back is not up to another physical film. Okay. Okay. Now, this is where the rumor comes in. Yeah. All right. So um, the rumor was that after seeing how much money the original Spider-Man made, which is eight hundred and fifty plus million dollars, yeah, 
uh, without any home box offers thrown on top of that. Uh, Tobey Maguire realised that his $7 million he was paid for doing the film was a very minuscule piece of a film that he plays a very major role in. I agree. <laughs> so the rumour is is that the back injury mm. was um, sort of manufactured in mm. order to tell the studio that Toby would not be able to, they'd have to delay filming the film. <laughs> and at this stage they'd already announced the release date um, in order for Toby to get more money. Go, Toby. Okay. Good on you, Toby. you got to retire. Yes. So the studio calls his bluff. And begins looking to cast new people as Peter Parker. Oh, yes. I remember this now. Yes. So, they actually hired Jake Gyllenhaal as a replacement for Tobey Maguire. Good on you, Jakey. Um, and it's quoted from one of the studio executives at that time that in, during a meeting, the studio had said, well, we can't do this. Tobey Maguire's the face of Spider-Man. And the, this studio executive said... In a year's time, no one will even remember who he is. That's a true point at that time. Like, he'd just fall back into indie obscurity. Yep. Yep. And yeah. so they call the bluff. Now, word starts spreading that Jack Gyllenhaal's been hired. Yep. And Toby Maguire realises that he's going to lose this role. <laughs> so then he... Um, he was dating a girl at the time who later became his wife and her father was a very big studio executive around, oh, really? around Hollywood. And so he talks to him for advice. What am I going to do to get this role back? Yep. Because I've made a mistake. Um, subsequently, Maguire sacks his agent and all sorts of things after this. Um, but he goes back and just basically begs for this role to come back, saying, I'm going to be okay. I want to be part I'm of sorry, it. I'm sorry, my back is feeling really good. Yeah. You know, I had some Cairo. Yeah, some Cairo. Some acupuncture. Yeah. Yep, you know, yep. some new age medicines. Has some, helped cupping, it. cupping. some cupping. Cupping. <laughs> 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 I've been looking after myself. You know, you know, yeah. Look how big my pecs are. Little quinoa. Little quinoa. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so they rehire Maguire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that sounds like accident. an awesome shirt. That was an accident. <laughs> Rehire Maguire. Hashtag Rehire Maguire. Um, comes back on board with the film and they delay the release by a month. Cool. To sort of get over all these problems. Over his back. Um, so they start prepping for filming. Yeah. Um, oh, poor Jakey Gyllenhaal. I know. Disappears I until know. Mysterio. <laughs> so <laughs> his first spot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think there's a part where he's talked about it on the. He's done a film. few. He's done a few interviews recently that yeah. have he's talked about it. Mm. Um, but really, he doesn't go into details about I was hired because someone didn't want to be in the film for more money. Crazily, Tobe Maguire's wage was up to twenty million dollars for this film. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, cool. So, so it worked. Yeah. Um, so work. filming begins around April 2003. And it actually went all the way through to early 2004. Okay, that's big. It's a massive shoot. That's huge. Um, and mainly because they created over 100 sets. Jeez. Um, including, you know, Doc Ock's lair on the pier? Yeah. By the water? That was a physical set they built. Man, on that's the a huge water set. of Manhattan. Oh, really? Yeah, that makes that's. So they went huge. That on is this. huge. 
absolutely but you, huge. But you can also see, once again, this is Raimi's touch all through it. Yes, definitely. The movie's already planned before he's even stepped foot on the set. Definitely. So, pretty much, they've um, they've done that. I've just realised I've lost an entire note that I'd written about the hiring of Alfred Molina and oh. who was going to be the um, the other people the studio wanted. Um, so, sadly... We don't get that today. We don't get that today. Let's guess. Dang it. No, maybe they wanted Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins? Maybe. <laughs> I reckon Nicolas Cage would be in there at Nicolas some point. Nicolas Cage, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry Gilliam maybe was... Terry Gilliam. ...was lighting up on it. You know, maybe um, they were going to say, hey, let's put Jake Gyllenhaal in as a young Mysterio. I mean, as a young Dr. Octopus, you know, because you could see him dating. Uh, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You could, so you there could. Yeah, there's, there's plenty that we could have done. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, plenty. could have got um, Chelsea Ross in there again. I'm being really naughty, and I'm who's doing a, a who's search. the old school, old school, um, Raimi man. Very much so, old school Raimi man. Um, I do love. Have you enjoyed the little bits where Ted Raimi pops up in each film? Are yeah, you waiting for Ted every film? Oh, I'm waiting for Ted every film. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for Bruce every film. Ted second. And Bruce has a great little moment in this Oh, Bruce, film, yeah. It's Bruce. I love you, Bruce, man. Okay. I've got it. You got it. I've got it. We Sorry. found the note. I used my phone, people. Don't judge. Don't judge. Okay. So, originally, the people considered for the role. Yeah. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Bobby D. Um, this is one I really enjoyed. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Oh, really? Sam Neill would have been good, man. And Ed Harris. Ed Harris would have been crazy, I love Ed Harris. Man. Uh, I feel like Man, Ed, he, was, he was awesome around this time. He released Just Cause, where he played the psycho. Oh, in Sean yes. I love that film. Yeah, man. He's got that mad haircut and he's got those crazy wild eyes. Yeah. I reckon and he would have been. Um, Not Con Air for again, The Rock. The Rock. How good is The Rock? I, think I haven't watched it in forever. <laughs> yeah. I think you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I would love Ed Harris. He would have been a great vulture. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think. Just naturally, man, Malkovich was made for that role. Yeah, he like was. If you're if you're going straight for comic book, man. yeah, true that, true that. So, Craig, the film's given a two hundred million dollar budget, and at the box office, it takes around seven hundred eighty three million dollars. Wow! Now, do you know what's wild? What is the film took a further one hundred eighty five million dollars? Yeah, in the US alone, on DVD sales. <sighs> It's because of the 2.1? Well, we'll get to <laughs> 2.1 soon, Craig. 2.1. Now, do you want to hear what was released in 2004, Oh, you Craig? know I do. We all do. We all love this. It's a very exciting day, Craig. This is a very exciting episode, actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah, because this is the first year that every one of our directors to date has released a film. Yay! So good. So, released in 2004... Before we even get to the top ten, was the Polar Express by Robert Zemeckis. Ah, dead eyes. Yeah, dead eyes. Listen to our episode with uh, my beautiful little lady Evie Reed yeah, as our exactly. guest. She has a great time. Actually, I listen to the freaky to Tom Hanks um, hobo on the train. Yeah, that was scary, wasn't scary. it? Scary. Speaking of scary, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was released. Woo! Loved it. So 2004. Now let's hook into the uh, the top ten. The number one film for 2004. Yep, was Shrek two. Shrek two. 
It was a good movie. Man. This is a big. I year. have to say, man, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. This is the height, man. I love Shrek. Those films. We watched Shrek two again the other day, and I'd forgotten how many adult references are within that film. Man, that was the first that in part one. Yeah, obviously, were the first franchise that tried to add more adult humor in there yep. as well, and it worked, man. It yeah, worked. it did. Then we took it a little bit too far. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, bring it back. Make it a kid's movie again. Pull it in. Yeah, pull it in. Pull it in. Not everything um, needs to be Sausage Party. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you see Sausage Party? I saw the trailer to it, man. The red red band trailer. I watched the whole thing. Oh, really? Really? It, Is it crazy? Dude, it's like literally just for a minute. If for so some like reason you've got kids listening. octopuses? Craig, this is like beyond it. It ends with an absolute grocery store orgy. <laughs> like, Craig. <laughs> I love Seth Rogen. It's like, it just ends and everything is doing everything. Like, oh, it's just, Christ. it's just crazy. It's like, it's literally like watching porn. Food porn? With no, food. food porn. Awesome. It's, it's. Just the loosest film. I'm going to watch it now. I'm going to watch it now. Number two was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Good. Great film. Oh, seriously. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. one of the best. So good. Uh, Spider-Man 2 was the number three film of that Yay. year. Yay! Uh, the Incredibles were at number four. Wow, the first one, man. Yeah. Oh, I love this it. is a good year. So much, man. Number five, The Passion of the Christ. Oh, hardcore movie, man. Hardcore. Love it. Still one of my favorites. Number six, The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, Jakey. Jake, yep. He kept oh, busy. Wow. Kept he kept busy. busy. Got him with his own franchise. Uh, number seven, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. I like Dustin Hoffman in it. Dustin Hoffman. De Niro is funny. It was that moment where you're like, De Niro can actually be quite funny. Can't yeah. Yeah. I liked him better in Analyze This. Yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah, exactly. Billy Crystal played him. Um, Me, Sonny? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number eight was Troy. Troy. Love Troy. Yeah, we do love love Troy. We do love Troy. Number nine was Shark Tale. Yeah, never a fan. Number 10, Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. I love Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12 is the one with Vincent Cassell in it, and they go to France. It's got the Venice scene where they actually lower the building in order you know to. What? I don't even know if I've seen it. Oh, I love it so much. Now you've said that, and I can't even picture it. And I obviously love Vince Cattell. I think Cattell, he's a, just a, out of the three. This is he would have made a good vulture. Oh, he would have been. A yeah, great exactly. Vulture, a great vulture. Um, also released was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Amazing film. Yeah, amazing. Film. It's seriously. If I had a list of films that can make me cry, yeah, this is blows my mind, man. Yeah, blows my mind. Um, Hellboy, Guillermo del Toro. Loved it. I watched the new one recently. Oh, did you? What's yeah. David, is David Harbour good at it? He's all right. I really is as bad as everyone says it is. It's not good. <laughs> um, to an extent, I saw it. I thought. Surely this was a mistake, but then I did a Google of it and found out it was a mistake. There's one scene where he does this big roll and um, punch thing, like Hellboy's doing it. And um, yeah, apologies, there's a random noise outside that I was just trying to pick what it is. Um, does a big roll and punch and all this sort of stuff. And his giant stone hand changes, armed. Oh, does it really? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, 
yeah, that's not right. And so it goes Let's like the root right here. Yeah, so it goes from the right to the left and back to the to right again. Left, and right I was like, hand. oh, surely someone is in charge of making sure the hands on the right hand the oh, whole time. Man, oh look, seriously, even surely, surely David Harbour should pick that up as well. Yeah, uh, isn't it on the other hand? Uh, the the YouTube video I'd seen said that they thought post they'd flipped an image to try and make him roll okay, a gotcha, different gotcha, direction. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that makes still, more sense. Still, but it wasn't good, Craig. It was it was overtly violent for violence' sake. Oh, really? It was like early Game of Thrones. You know where the violence is gratuitous yeah. to make you go, "Oh, that's oh, that's shocking." And blood, yeah, and so. There were bits that were good, but it was like they, because like in Australia, it's R rated, yeah. which is eighteen plus. Yeah, so right? in the states, it's like banned. Yeah, it'd be like an NC seventeen. Yeah, but it was like it still didn't go all in horror. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. with so such a hard rating, they, they tried to make a. It's like when they try to make um a kid superhero film with blood. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I've seen those ones. And you so go serious? It was just... You should have just like, if you're going to go dark, go dark, man. Yeah, it was odd. It yeah. was really odd. So you had this weird... It just left me... That's a Guillermo doing it with full N17. Man. Oh, man. If Guillermo... See, like, I love the world that Guillermo then goes on and creates for two. Yep, troll market. And it's just so... There's, it's so rich. And this, again, just felt really sort of... It was just a bit empty. It's... It, from what I get from the, from what I gather from the, um, and especially with Miller in it as well, it's just one of those European films where the perfect, yeah, where the um, Russians just launder their money through. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It, it's um, just one of those, just one of those ones. You know what I mean? I think it feels like it does. It feels like the film, if it wasn't a successful, like a reasonably successful director already making it, yeah, because um, Neil Marshall directs it. Oh really? Yeah, man, I love the um the oh, I've forgotten the name the dogs one. Um, yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Or is it? Is it the descent? No, the descent. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking totally different. Yeah, I'm thinking um war dogs. But yeah, the descent is awesome, man. Yeah, so man, like, that is one of the most craziest films. You ever watched it? No, don't. Oh, well. yeah, I know you you wouldn't like it, but seriously, it's 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 a bit. Of I fun. remember the, it's the trailer, fun, man. It's um, fun. but like Neil Marshall, for me, when I was watching Game of Thrones, if I knew Neil Marshall was directing an episode, mm. I knew I was going to get a great episode. Mm. Um, and so to watch him do Hellboy, it's almost like that film that you'd watch that if it didn't have the Hellboy name attached to it, yeah. people would watch it, get a little underground following, and then that director would then go on and make a Hollywood film. Ah, uh, true, true. You know, so it's almost like one of those... Yeah, it was just oh, disappointing. I'm so upset. I'm so um, upset. Also released, Shaun of the Dead. Love Shaun of the Dead, man. Um, Kill Bill Volume 2 was released. Oh, great. Great. This, these are the Tarantino films I love. He's my favourite Tarantino films, Kill Bill. The Terminal? The Terminal. Still haven't watched it. Craig, if there is a Spielberg film... Say, you know how The Gift was for us? Yeah. This is Spielberg's The Gift. Really? I, the I've watched bits of it, and every time I watch bits of it, I just get incredibly bored. No, it's 
charming. It's engaging the entire time. Oh. It's so good. You've got to watch it, Craig. I must have watched them at like because seriously, it's a it's the only film that I've never watched of Tom Hanks. It's apart from The Post. I haven't watched The Bridge of Spies. Oh, really? No. Yeah, good film, man. Good film. But um, but all the rest, yeah. I usually, you know, it's an odd film. I must have been in a bad mood. You know, yeah, you got You got to watch just, it. Yeah, underappreciated film. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I Robot was released. I loved I Robot, man. I loved it. Michael Mann's Collateral. Oh, sorry, hiccup. love that one too. Obviously, yeah, because it's Tom. It's Tom. Tom plays up badass. Yeah, in that he film, does, man. doesn't he? Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Never liked it, but I appreciated its impact. And the Aviator. I love the aviator. Same, oh, I same. love the aviator. Pussy Posse going hard this year. Yeah, they are killing it. <laughs> they are tearing it up. So, Craig. Kate Blanchett, lover. That is 2004 in a nutshell. That's a film in the lead up to its release. Yeah. Um, That's a good year, man. That's 2004. A V year. It's a vintage That's year. It's a vaginal year. It's a vintage year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good year. That's a good year. I really like it. So, Craig, I'm. Loving the journey we're on. I have, I've got to say, it's really hard to write a synopsis for a Spider-Man film that doesn't sound ridiculous oh. when read. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to this uh, one. But for those at home who don't know what Spider-Man 2 is about, hopefully they know what Spider-Man 1 is about because Spider-Man 2 would make no sense whatsoever following on from that. But for those people at home that uh, need a refresher, may not know about it, is just listening and not wanting to hit skip for 10, 15 seconds. Let's just hear about it. Spider-Man is back and this time he's battling Doc Ock, a scientist who is left with metal tentacles after an experiment has gone wrong. All while Peter Parker struggles to balance his personal life with the life of his alter ego Spider-Man, leaving him filled with self-doubt and temporarily without his powers. Will he become the saviour New York needs or the man he wishes to be? Let's talk about Spider-Man 2. Righto, Craig. So, I'd love to know, Craig, when was the last time you watched this film? About two, three years ago. Okay. Do you, do you find it's one of those films that seem to get on a bit of a rotation? Every couple of years yeah, you bust yeah, it out again? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think I watched it, uh, well, I watched parts of it um, not long ago because um, Carter and I were talking about Doc Ock. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. And I watched this with Carter again. Oh, did he love it? Yeah, he loved it, but not as much as part one. Yeah. Part one's a little bit more um, kid-focused in a way in the fact that um, the action's it, 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 the action's more frequent. Yes. You know what I mean? Like in this film, it's it, it goes more in depth into the characters. I feel in a way, it's almost like that Empire Strikes Back model. Yeah. Which is, all right, we've set the world. Let's develop the characters more within it. Yeah, glad, yeah, yeah. And and that's what two does. And yeah. when you bring someone like Michael Shabon in, yeah. you know they're gonna character development's gonna happen. Oh, exactly. And yeah, like I said, yeah, just but obviously the action sequences. So. They're pretty phenomenal, aren't they? Well, there's the one of the best ones ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's put a pin. Let's in put that. a pin. In. Um, so for me, I look in honesty. I think when I look back, I've been going through my little list of. Logged films yeah. to try and work out how it is. I think the last time I watched the trilogy itself was like in 2011. Oh, wow. So it's been ages. That, since has, that is ages. It feels like when you first say 2011, I go, that's not longer. But then you think about it, you go, 
Oh, that's that, that's crazy. Evie was born then, so that's like yeah, no, that's yeah, crazy. That's, that's a long time ago. So Carter wasn't even born. I guess if I think about what I was expecting, it's really interesting to think, and and I'd love to hear what you were expecting as well, Craig, because I think in this little journey of working through Raimi's filmography, it's it's almost in a way changed what I'm expecting from the Spider-Man films. Yeah, it does. It does definitely. I I I was expecting. Um, I was expecting, obviously, once again, a really a really good film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I was, and I, but I, I guess, I don't know. It was really hard to. It's really hard to pinpoint um what I actually got. Yeah, still obviously a great film. Um, yeah. still obviously one an iconic film, man. It was just. Yes, there were some Ramies, there was Ramiesms in there, then there weren't some as well, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, it's a bit odd. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think for me, I was expecting, my expectation was always, for me, if someone asked me what are the best superhero films, yeah, I would list Spider-Man 2 as an essential viewing. Exactly, best, yeah, definitely. In the best superhero films. Well, how you could actually make... Um, an adult superhero film. Very much so. Mm. And I think, again, it comes from the focus on developing character in the film. Exactly. Um, and it's quite a mature, like it's a really mature story arc to follow. Yeah. You know, if you think about, say, let's say compare it to a Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok, at its core, is a silly film. Yeah, it is. It is. It you is. know? Um, we love it for it, but not necessarily trying to get at what's going on inside Thor. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't really see that until much of But I get, yeah, but that was a big steering collection because everyone was said it was too, the Thor series was always too serious. Yeah, and it was a needed, required direction yeah, shift. Yeah, definitely. But, so, for me, I was expecting a great comic book film. Yeah. Uh, a great superhero film, um, which... I think I got, but I know, that's what I was weird with. I, I think one of the key things is one and two seem like they're being directed by different Raimis in his life. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I love it, Craig. It's, it's almost like one is very big budget dark man. Yes. Um, and then, but, well, with, you know, obviously with his experience, I'm not saying it's at the level of dark man. It's 10 times, it's a hundred times better than dark man. Yeah. But, um, this one is very much a, a simple plan. Yeah. It's a very simple plan, simple plan, Raimi. You know what I mean? It's a, I think one is like we're excited to show all the cool things we got to play with. Yeah. And two is now let's really take a look at what we can do with them. Yeah. It's like, you Patiently. know. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you play, um, when you've got an, a game you love and you do a playthrough and then the second time you do a playthrough, you just want to do it totally differently. Yes. It's the same storyline in essence. Fallout but 4. Yeah, exactly. But you're like, <laughs> I'm going to try something different this one. Let's go you know? on a few side quests. Yeah, let's go on some side quests. build up a little <laughs> couple of things here and there. Like, And that's where it threw me back, threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Because I'd always, it sounds awful, everyone, but I've never looked at Spider-Man movies as Raimi movies. Yeah. Me either. Um, and so, to actually come into it from a Raimi perspective, yeah, it was odd for me. Yeah. Um, but when I think about it now, after you know having said that in my mind, yeah, it is a very, it's a very, it's a mature Raimi in this one. 
Yeah. Like he was, he's, he's, he's done playing with them, like you said. He's done playing with the toys um, and showing off what they can do. Yeah. He's now just developing them. Yeah. And I do love that. Also, I feel, I did feel this film, there are probably more Raimi-isms than yeah, the there first is. film. Like ones that if I was really to think about it, I'd go, wow, there's so much of Raimi in this film. But in a, in the same breath, I could feel like it's not his. It's almost like he made um, a point to do signature scenes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting a little bit too far away from what I normally do. Yeah. I've got to throw some, you know, I've got to throw some Raimi Emerson's in there. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. You know, obviously, th- with, obviously the whole scene where they're cutting off the limbs and everything. So oh, that is vintage Raimi, isn't it? Wild, man, yeah, exactly. I hate when people scrape their fingernails against friggin' Oh, and it, oh, oh yes. I can't dumb. remember what film it was. I watched one where they did it and then you watch the fingernail break off. Yes, oh. oh. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. So horrible. But I do like dude, what was really <laughs> what was really interesting to me in this Craig is the Raimi moments. It's like he's decided like it feels like a horror film again in a sense. Yeah. There were so many girls screaming like horror screams. <laughs> like so many oh, yeah, horror man. screams. Man, and and it was a a big year of the midriff. Yes. <laughs> Just midriffs are at the biggest. They're just Everywhere. screaming in the camera. Yeah, yeah. I looked in. I looked in IMDb at these uh, women who were just because uh, I thought, are they like friends or something? You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, hey, I'll get you a part. Just scream right at the camera. But no, I couldn't find connections. There was just seriously like, it wasn't like even though there's heaps of Ramy's friends in this. Yes, there are, aren't there? Heaps, heaps, heaps of them popping up. Uh, the scene you talked about before of the doctors where they're trying to cut off Doctor Ox. Um, yeah. Tentacles. One of them's John Landis. Ah, awesome. Yeah, one Which of the one's doctors. John Landis? Uh, one of the doctors with the mask on that get attacked. Oh, awesome. Um, awesome. That you see sort of leaning over. I'm surprised he's allowed to practice after killing so many Vietnamese <laughs> kids. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, Craig. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, let's, let's do a Vic Morrow on his arms. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, ay, 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 ay. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> is it? Is it an Australian summer? Because it's hot in here, people. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. Other little Raimi moments that I really felt drew back from his past work. There was that awesome moment. I do love the light shades of light that are thrown into the film. Oh, I think it's once again it's 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 a deft hand through the whole oh, film, isn't it? And but this is what's so odd about the film. Um, because I can think about it and go, wow, that moment where Peter delivers pizzas and he comes in through the maintenance closet and he's trying to put everything back in yeah. there and all that. It's a really funny moment and it's handled so well. Yeah. The lady from Bones. Yeah, the lady from Bones, uh, uh, Deschanel, Emily Deschanel, I think her name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you've got moments like that. You've got moments like where Peter's looking at the – he's on the motorbike and – getting ready to deliver pizzas and he's looking at the clock and then the camera goes to his eyes and then it goes to the pizzas and back. It's like pieces of the quick and the dead in there. You yeah, know, exactly. like it's got that. It's and, got and, and hard target. To, <laughs> hard target, <laughs> which um, Craig and I will be recording our mini episode for hard target today. <laughs> but um, like seriously, when you think about that, 
I yeah. actually have I've got notes for hard time. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in hard time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a little teaser for you guys. That's coming at the end of the season. It's got a really great link to uh, Sam Raimi's body of work, which is why we're looking at it. Exactly. The rumor is, just a little teaser, I'll put it out there, Craig, so people get excited. The teaser is is that the rumor is that Sam Raimi was actually a ghost director on this film. So they're... And I'll go into more detail in the in the episode, so I don't want to spoil anything. But the rumor that we based our Let's Watch Hard Target on was that we'd found from a numerous sources that John Wood actually didn't direct the film for a portion of it. Sam yeah. Raimi was involved. So um, and it's, uh, it shows a little bit in the film. <laughs> I mean, to put it in um, Spider-Man parlance, his webbing is all over it. Yep, it sure <laughs> is. So... That's a little interesting part as well, but I love it. So there, there are those quick zooms. I love the moment where um, the whole delivering pizza at the start of the film is so fun, the isn't guy, it? The guy from the Chappelle show, man. Hey, Spider, Spider-Man just took that guy's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Spider-Man. He took that dude's pizza. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. And the guy that tries to steal a piece. Yeah. And he like webs it out. That's of his... a good webbing, man, because he's, he's far away, <laughs> eh? <laughs> but they're little moments like that are fun. The moment where Peter is late, running late to the show with MJ and Bruce Campbell's oh, Bruce the, Campbell. the usher. Yeah, and he's stopping him. Yeah. Just <laughs> Shoelaces. Shoelaces. Yep. It was just so, like, I love those moments. And they're little moments of Raimi humour that pop up through the film. Yeah, you, know, a, just, you know, he's got, well, he's got that very champ type. Yeah, humor. yeah. And so I, I just, I love those moments. So I find it a really interesting film because we'll get to ranking later. Mm. But in my head, I'm like, well, if Spider-Man 1 is my number one film, mm. if this is a better film than Spider-Man 1, yeah, exactly. logically, where should it go on the list? Yeah. But we'll get there later. Craig. We'll get there later. We'll get there. So, I really love Doc Ock in this film, Craig. Oh man, Alfred Molina, Indy. Yes. Um, what a what a casting choice. He's amazing. He brings so much. I hate to use the pretentious term, gravitas. He does, and, and it's just and it, it it and it's it's beautiful directing and writing. Um, that when. Peter is having lunch with yes. Doc Ock and his wife. Yes. That you actually, you don't, you see that this guy isn't a bad guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a loving husband. Yeah, he's a loving husband, man. He just, he's just, and you see that this villain isn't someone who's just going to be, you know? Yeah. Your ordinary run-of-the-mill villain. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I think those moments are crucial because Kathy Lee and I, after watching two, have actually gone on, to watch the Andrew Garfield series, so the Amazing Spider-Man mm. 1 and 2. And if there's something I could really say when you watch the schmozzle that is part 2. Schmozzle. And it's a schmozzle, Craig. Is Apart from Gwen Stacy's death. Oh, that is a gorgeous moment. And I've got to say... And that, that sound design of her hit is just oh, the, shivers. Yep. It's like squelchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's hard but squishy at yeah, the same exactly. time. Oh. Um, but what they never get, and this is why Doc Ock is such, like if we really put it down to it, Doc Ock is the best Spider-Man villain I think there's been across all of them. Yes. Purely because. No, I agree. 100%. He's, there's a human element to him. Yep. 
you know, when you think, let's think, we, we literally today finished part two of Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. So Jamie Foxx's Electro. Oh. Um, it, it's a... It's a weird... Here's a little tangent that I'll go on with villains. Sounds, yeah. The reason that Doc Ock is so good is that when we think of other villains, when you separate them from humanity too far, mm-hmm. they're not believable in any way, shape, or form. So if we think of failed villains across superhero movies, yeah, they're the ones that are so pulled from reality... You can't believe it. Well, so Electro. I've heard someone else talk something very similar to that. Nick. Okay, I love it. Go. Where um, they said the best ones are the ones that you can relate to, hundred percent, without actually, you know, without obviously making you a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you know, um, while Thanos is one of the greatest new, yeah, villains, you know what I mean? Because there's a part of it you go, he sort of has a point. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know with without getting into the science of it all, which yep. I remember a scientist came out and just debunked everything. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what world do we live in that there's a need to debunk Thanos? I know, oh no, no, it was more just like if you did wipe out half. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. If you yeah. did wipe out the half, does that actually make life easier? And it doesn't. It actually creates um, ecosystems where things just get destroyed. Yeah, wow. Because you need more of some things and less of others. Yeah, okay, you know, It's not okay. a split half. So if you took half of the bees in the world, then half of the pollination disappears. Yeah, wow. I know, exactly. Yeah, I know. The guy actually, you know, just raised Did that he do it. it to animals as well? When yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, cause remember Ant-Man looks and sees the birds, more birds land, and he goes, I think it worked. Oh. Yeah, half of everything. Wow. That's cool. Well, sorry, I wait. Well, but I totally agree because if I think, let's talk Greenland, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sinestro as a villain. Yeah. When he becomes that weird ass cloud. Yeah. Oh no, he doesn't become the cloud. Not Sinestro. Um, the yeah, par- parallax. Parallax. Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Parallax is Sinestro is a great villain in it because yeah. like there's something humane in it. Yeah, exactly. But Parallax is a giant yellow cloud of fear. It's like Galactus. Yeah. You know, in the Silver Surfer one, you know what I mean? Again, there's nothing relatable to it. And I think when I think of Electro, you're meant to feel related to him in some way Yeah. because he's down and out. And there was a moment that I talked to Kathleen and said, isn't it sad that someone would just feel so much joy because someone remembered their name? Yeah. As, as happens. But. There's oh, just I'd not be enough. I'd Spider-Man remembered by name. Oh, 100%. There's <laughs> a moment. But I'd also think, oh, am I that much? Do I get in that much fucking trouble that Spider-Man has to remember my name? <laughs> <laughs> what have <laughs> you know I become? I mean? It's but like when the bartender remembers your name, you're like, maybe I'm drinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a moment. There's a little funny side story. We went into a, um, a McDonald's. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, Evie says hi, Thomas, to this guy, and we're like, we have to stop making wow, sure. Wow, really? We don't eat a lot of McDonald's, but obviously she goes with other people at times, and yeah, we're just exactly. like, we got to cut down on the McDonald's. It's like me at adult shops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig, <laughs> the double dongs come in. <laughs> really? Uh, it's time for ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, goodness, Craig. <laughs> I'm quoting movies. You know, I'm actually quoting movies. Your wife is going to think that's aimed at her. <laughs> no, 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 that's not aimed at my wife. Jesus, it's not right. aimed at my wife. So good. Okay, guys, it's aimed at a movie. Requiem for a Dream. Yes, sure, Craig. <laughs> aimed at a movie. Well, that's the one I watch at the time. <laughs> So, Craig, but what I'm getting at essentially in this is Doc Ock, those moments where he's having a meal with Peter mm. and like even the moment where he's like, I can fix this. I can fix this. Yeah. Um, there's a real relatable humanity in that. Yeah, that exactly. Later on when he becomes overtaken by the, by the claws and the tentacles, because, again, what really is shows humanity in mm. it is the fact that he talks about how he's got the inhibitor chip to stop it taking over him. Yeah. And he becomes a slave to the thing he creates. There's actually like this. But it plays on the place. And it's one of the things that I noticed previously is um, than I haven't before. The creatures don't completely take over as much as they play on what's part of that's already there, which is yeah. the ego of an of a brilliant scientist. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a brilliant scientist. And, yeah. and that's where basically... And that's, and I guess, and that's always been the downfall of brilliant scientists. But that's what makes them amazing is they refuse to give up. Yes. Yeah, so good, isn't it? Mm. I, I really felt as well, the way that Raimi portrays Doc Ock, it's almost like a Universal Monsters yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, there's this real, true, There's this I? real sort of like, he almost becomes Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, in exactly, it, yeah. You know? And even his choice of clothing and everything yes. like, you know what I mean? He has that, he has that, um, yeah, that early universal. Yeah, that's awesome. So I really, like for me, he's my favourite villain in, in the Spider-Man films. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly. I did, I, if we I would skip, say Vulture would be second. Vulture's awesome, Michael Keaton's Vulture. Yeah. I really loved Mysterio as well. I, I love the take on Mysterio in that. But I love the scene in Tom Holland's one with him and Vulture in the car. And he, yes. And he and oh, he it's so menacing, isn't yeah, I know. it? You just go, man, this dude's Batman. Yes. <laughs> yes. He can menace the fuck out of you, Yes, boy. he can. <laughs> yes, he can. It's well, And that was so good for Michael Keaton. Mm. For me, I watch it and I go, Wow. He's almost like becoming the Joker in a way. Yeah. Like there's so much menacing. He's a villain, yeah. Oh, oh, he plays a beautiful. So good. Beautiful. I also, I'm really excited for next week because I'm hoping from memory, I really related to Sandman as a villain. Yeah, Sandman's I, good because he's, he's got a very um, soulful face. He does, doesn't he? Um, Thomas Hayden Church? Yeah. yeah. I like Thomas Hayden Church. He's a great actor. Mm. Um, very funny at times. Can be serious Wait, at what times. What was his TV series? Um, oh, yep, Dharma and Greg. No, was it Dharma and Greg he was in? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I know. One so of those sort of nineties yeah, sitcoms. It's like one of those weirdo ones. But um, yeah, I I really I hope that when I look back, I go, oh, Sandman is on that level. Yeah, from exactly. memory, he could have been on that level if we didn't have Venom sort of interfere. Yeah, if 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 you had more time with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Because from memory, he plays those. He plays every one of his scenes. He plays it beautifully. Yeah. While every other scene with all the other villains are just bloated. Yeah. You yep. just go. What was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, what was the point of? It? But we'll get to that. I'm sure. When Craig, 
Let's talk opening credits. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, How? I love this. Jeff and I were talking on Facebook about oh. this. Because I saw those opening credits. I said, oh, I know that. I know that artist, man. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I couldn't pick it. And then minutes later, Craig has tagged me <laughs> on Facebook. Alex Ross, what beautiful artwork man. at the start of that the film. Great, it? He is... Um, he is to comic books. The hero is what um, Alan Lee is to Middle Earth drawings. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like he's just, 100%. you don't go to anyone else. You don't go to anyone else. <laughs> you know, these guys just know the world oh. amazingly. What I love about it too is that one minute you could get, say, like your um, your Kingdom Come mm style artwork yeah which is very over the top yeah physiques yeah exactly yeah yeah but then but they're greek god yeah that's exactly right yeah he he paints them like gods but then you could get like the spider-man artwork or the goon one oh the goon one i do love the goon people guys go onto facebook and be friends with alex ross on facebook oh please seriously he posts stuff all the time tell him from first to last scene oh yeah exactly man and seriously each one of them you'll just sit and you'll watch it like i i just have one of his um, Superman ones and there's a little kid holding his leg and he's Superman's just oh, holding so it good. holding it and just this beautiful po- oh man I love his Superman so the, we <laughs> just in case you haven't watched it yet the opening credits are giving you a recap of basically the first Spider-Man yep all with beautiful Alex Ross paintings oh, and they are good some of them are just pencil sketches yep. some of them are beautiful paintings man it's good man so darn good and stuff like Kathy Lee and I looked at each other and she's like, we need one of those on yeah, our wall. That's, I, 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 <laughs> I, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to own an Alex Ross original one. Oh, day. I feel the same about Eric Powell. I was <laughs> like, I need one of his originals. They're just so dark though. I know I'd have a little girl just saying, what is going <laughs> on there, yeah, Dad? What about Demon Baby up on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love too at the start in those moments where um, Peter's doing the delivery of pizzas and stuff. Like that, there's this really, I don't know if you picked up on it as well, Craig, but there was this real sort of Marty McFly vibe that he that he had going on. <laughs> he does. Yeah, because he had the vest on. And yeah, everything. the yeah. puffer vest and everything. So he's almost. The life preserver. <laughs> yeah, and so there's this way that, and I do love the way that Peter Parker is approached as almost like a nerdy Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, when you're just saying it, then I'm like, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar in the way they come across. Yeah, almost in that. You know, if you think about him at the in the first one, there's almost this klutzy sort of nature to Marty. Yeah, in exactly. a way, and you know, so I I really love that because again, like. You could probably see someone like Sam Raimi looking back on a series like this and going, well, why wouldn't I try and draw inspiration from like one of the coolest one kid of the coolest characters? Kids, yeah, exactly. Because you, you need to draw on that because it's there's such a risk with Peter Parker of being not oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. And you can't go too far not cool. Yeah. But that's also one of the things I love about, you know, um, Tobey Maguire as the actor in this role. Yes. He's not afraid, let's be honest, to look ugly. 
He's not easy. Oh, in some scenes, man. You know what in I mean? In this like, film? Yeah. Well, look, even, you know, and it's a meme now where he cries about his Uncle Ben, you know? Yeah. But stuff like that when he's in pain, you know, like obviously talking about, which we'll talk about the train, I'm pretty sure. Yes. But holding that, he's not afraid, you know what I mean? Even though he takes his mask off heaps in this film. It's weird, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my mask off. Which obviously it would be constricting being in that mask all day, but friggin' hell, he just takes it off at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like, Come on, mate. People are seeing you. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the train scene especially. Let's go there now. Yeah. Like, um, where he's fighting Doc Ock. Let's, is getting let's just call it what it is. It's one of the greatest action scenes it's in so any film good, isn't ever. It? In any film ever. You know what I mean? It's yep. like um, you just, the way the camera moves. Yes. The way it, the way it's played, oh, it's and let's again in terms of train scenes, yeah, it gets emulated. But who's ever seen like obviously now you can say yeah you know I've seen heaps of types of scenes like this, but at the time who'd ever seen a scene like that? No one in any superhero film, anything you have yep. never seen such a fast paced action scene like that. It's and it created a superhero moment. So the moment where. Um, you know, Tobey Maguire's at the front of the, the, the train. sacrifice, man. And he's, like, he's holding it, and it's like the muscles start bulging yeah, further as he's doing it. Shirt rips, rips his shirt. and everything like that. Think of how many times in superhero films in the Marvel series now. Yeah. You have the Thor trying to get the star oh, look, started. Let's just say the Cap. Cap. Holding the helicopter. Yeah, holding the helicopter, but also... Cap, you know, those scenes where you they don't give up, like Cap yep. standing up with a broken shield yep. and strapping it. Yep. You know what I mean? And yeah. No, nah, man. These, and they're what makes a superhero film. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the, and that's one of the things that I've always liked, what I loved about super, Superman as well. It's, just, it's not about the power, it's these characters who don't give up. Yeah, so good. I just, I do, I just love the way that in this film, actually in each of his films so far for Spider-Man, has had this moment of iconic, like an iconic shot. First one, the upside down kiss coming. I down. know, superb. Um, or even the the abandoned warehouse where he upside down oh, yes. drops down from oh, the ceiling. Yeah, and I think we talked about it last week. But you played the game that used to be on Xbox and Xbox and PlayStation, and you would actually drop upside down from the ceiling no, in I it. I never played it. Oh, man, it was so good, Craig. I used oh, to really? play it so much. Oh, man. Yeah, see, that's one of the things. I'm an Xbox guy, but I, I've missed out on the whole Spider-Man Sony. I got to play yeah. it at my brother-in-law's place. Shout out, Matt, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good times. Uh, good yeah, times on the Spider-Man game. But I do. I love that train scene, and I really love that very. Um, it's very r- religious iconography, you know, where yeah. he's, he's sacrificed himself. For oh the yeah, incredible! And he's carried like he's on a cross backwards through the the train. But he he does it so beautifully, and he does. Like he cuts the sound. Yeah, it's just basically that one hand that comes and grabs him by yes. the stomach as he starts to fall, and then they just bring him in. That's a beautiful so scene, good, man. Isn't it? It's so New York, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can tell how much of because the amazing thing about Spider-Man in comparison to other superheroes out there, yeah, is that he's not overpowered. No, he's not an overpowered character. He's a basically, you know, he seems he got more powers than the average human, but he's not that guy who's like Thor, who's no destroy worlds. No, no, and I do love again 
going back to say the Andrew Garfield series mm. that we just watched as well. I loved that both both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield they weren't shredded dudes. No, no, exactly, exactly. There's still something that if you see him with a t-shirt on, they just look like an average dude. Yeah, exactly. It's not bulging out. Yeah, which I'd probably say Tom Holland is just getting a little too ripped. Yeah, but that, I think that's ones. who he is. Yeah. He's one of those fitness, he'd be one of those fitness freaks. You know, you see him jumping around he'd in gymnastics. Go, he'd do park run every Saturday. Yeah, he would be. He'd do park <laughs> run. Jerk. No, no, no. He'd he'd have, he'd be, he wouldn't have sore knees. He'd eat quinoa. <laughs> He'd eat, he'd eat quinoa. He'd be vegan. Uh, <laughs> no, Dirty no, vegan no. Man. I love vegans. Don't worry. Sorry to all our vegan listeners. No, I, I know yeah. we've got I have a couple. Against vegans, man. Good on you. You're cool. You're cool. I'm mm. gonna eat ribs. Um, <laughs> um, so I just love the way that this film tackles some of those moments, mm. those real big moments. Yeah, you know, exactly. th- I think if I t- think about this in comparison to the first Spider-Man film, the big moments are so much bigger here. Like the moments where he's swinging through New York, and I think, oh. and I think that's needed. Like we're saying, it starts yep. off slower than you know the movie. It's so you need to, when it gets to these big moments, have these big moments. Yes, totally. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're right in that. It it adds more context to Spider-Man like yeah. um and the size of New York as well. Yes. One of the things I loved about the Andrew Garfield one? Yeah. You know what I mean? You actually saw how, you know, what it looks how small he is in comparison to yes. the buildings and everything around him. Yeah. Um but yeah, he adds that more into this one as well. I I totally agree, Craig. There's just it's like the world gets opened, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know, exactly. like it, it's it's so good. I do love. I just want to go back to Alfred Molina for a little bit because I did write a note that I really wanted to talk mm-hmm. about that I've just spotted and just gone. Dang it, we should have got there. Something I really love in this, and I I, I have to say it's probably a Raimi. I'm going to put it down to Raimi. Yeah, let's put it right. So, one the hiring of Alfred Molina. Beautiful. Okay, so it is great casting, but most studios we think about now. Most studios would have gone for a real A-lister to be a part of this film. Or an ex-A-lister. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like your Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They would have got someone that, you know, was like, let's just throw it out there, a Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone like yeah, that, true. you know. And so the fact that it's Melina's hired and other characters that are joining the mm. the whole world are still these actors that aren't really big name actors. No, they're stage the Aren't stage they? of play, yeah, exactly. And so, like, you know, again, the 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 little side story of MJ being with um, J. Jonah Jameson's yeah. son. He's a Kiwi. Again, that could have been Gyllenhaal. Yeah, true. That could true. have been DiCaprio, you know, and and it would have been just like a, oh, wow, now that person's in the film? Yeah, exactly. Well, Jameson's son turns into a werewolf. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's a Kiwi. He was in the originals. Oh, really? Yeah, the TV show, The Originals. So good. He's one of the head guys. Do you enjoy it, The Originals? I've watched, I think I watched the first season. I think there's like three seasons. But yeah, it seemed it seemed good. It's just time, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to keep me going all season or I'm just going to go to something else. There's so much. I'm just spoiled we, by choice now. We had a weekend last weekend where we were both unwell again. 
Um, I'm recovering. Kathy Lee's had a cold, the poor bugger. Oh. Uh, we watched all the Carnival Row in a day. <laughs> we Carnival Row, it. man. It's good. It's good, but it could be better. I hope How next far did season, you get? All of it. Oh, you did it all? Yeah. Yeah, I hope the budget goes up a bit in Yeah, season. I hope in season two um, it opens it up a little bit more. Me too. Yeah, exactly. I just, a lot of it seemed to be, you're a crit. You're a crit. Hey, you're a crit. No, yeah. you're a crit. I'm a crit. I can understand that. Yeah, I, I just love the whole idea. I'd happily watch Orlando Bloom in as like a Sherlock Holmes. But it's or, sad. It's just like one of those things is I'll always watch it because it always has the right ingredients for me to watch it, even yeah. if it's a train wreck. Yeah. Well, I'd say it's far oh, from no, a train I thought wreck. it was good. I thought it was good. I think it just... It needs to, it'll start to open up. It, once it starts to open up more, like yep. once you start seeing the pact and all those guys are afterwards, it'll be good. Yeah, it will be really cool when the pact gets more involved. Yeah, exactly. That'll be really cool. Tune in for our Carnival Row podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Craig, I just really want to, um, I do love, we touched on it a bit earlier, Sam Raimi really wanted to make a film that focused on responsibilities versus personal wants. Yeah. And I do love, we talked about in the first Spider-Man episode how the the quote from Uncle Ben, great power comes great responsibility, mm. and how that, I love that that is now used as the basis for his struggle. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Ben represents his responsibility. Yeah, oh, you actually literally see it in the car. And I do. I adore the fact that he keeps going back to the car. Yeah, almost like it's his place to go for advice. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, that's his turning point in his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I love that he returns there. I love that he even at one point shuns that moment. Yeah, and shuts it down to then be Spider Man no more. Yeah, exactly, which is a really good scene. It's a really good scene. Yeah. It's awesome. Now, did you notice who collected his suit out of the garbage oh, bin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've met that gentleman the before. The Simple Plan Man. Yes, uh, the loose friend from A Simple Plan. And then his mate from Evil Dead 2, the Hick. He is one of the guys in the train. Really? Yeah, man. He's one of the guys in the train who picks him up. So good. No, no, I reckon so good. he got quite a few phone calls after the first one to be like, hey, Sam, do you reckon we can... It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, just exactly. There's, yeah, there's, I think, and there's probably more that we just haven't seen. Yeah, true, true, true. Mm. Now, Craig, when you watch the film, mm-hmm. did you did you watch it on Blu-ray? Yes. Yeah, same. 2.1. Uh, 2.1. This is what I'm going for, Craig. Now, I had no idea. I just went, play movie, yeah. and then it said... Do you want to watch like two point one? Two point one, and I was like, I've, I don't yeah, same. I never realized I've never watched two point one ever before. Me either. So we both watched two point one. Yeah, this is the first time I ever watched two point one. So, so I guess you could say this is the first good. time I actually watched Spider Man two as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> now, Craig, let's talk about what was new in this film. Yeah, there is an awesome moment in the theatrical cut, which is that. We probably haven't really talked about so far what Spider-Man 2 is about. We've just alluded to pieces. But yeah. essentially the storyline is that Peter is really struggling with the responsibility of being Spider-Man. Yep. It's ruining parts of his life. He yeah, can't have is. a relationship with MJ. He's 
you know, letting down Aunt May. He's, yeah. you know, it's he's, really he's, he's, his life has been affected because he's constantly having to be a superhero. Yeah, and he can't hold a job. He yep. can't study. Um, and so what that starts doing is messing with his mental well-being. Yep. And as a result, he starts losing the ability to create his web. Yeah, exactly. And 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 to hold on to walls, he starts yeah. losing his abilities. His, his abilities start hmm. being affected. And I guess in a way you and could he falls some hard falls too, yes. man. Yes. Oh. Yeah. You just go, "Oh, that." Yeah, that big one where he like thinks that it's back. Like he's like, "I'm back. I'm ah! back." And then he falls and he's like, "My back. My, my back." <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. Supposedly that was an improv line from Toby Maguire. Oh, it does make sense because <laughs> yeah. of his back. Yeah, so it was like a little. He and Raimi thought that that was a really funny little moment. That is so. Funny. Um, so yeah. Um, but so I love the way that he is starting to lose his abilities because it's too much pressure mm. to be Spider-Man. Definitely. And there is a strange little. I guess in a way, there's a phallic connotation to that. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It's like Heaps it's like superhero. Um, Impotence. Yeah, it is. It's just full dysfunction. What, what he? But it's what he thinks makes him. Yes, a, hero. a, man. a man. Essentially, yeah. isn't exactly, it? Yeah. You know, his powers are what make him who he is. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like you know, when a male has impotence, they yeah, feel or, they've or lost like, their yeah, manliness. Exactly. Let's see. It's it's not subtle in the slightest. He can't shoot his webbing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not. You know. Yep. No. They're it's perfect. It's very upfront. Yeah. Um. So there's a moment where he's webbing has stopped and he's in full costume. He's yep. trying to save the day, and he finds himself on top of a roof, where he then catches a lift down. Yeah. So, in the theatrical cut, he gets into the lift, and there's a man with the dog. Yeah. Going down in the lift with him, and the guy sort of looks at him, then does a second look and goes. Nice costume. And he sort of goes, thanks. And then... Because like, it rides up in the front a bit. Yeah, that's mm. exactly... It rides up in the front of it. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Um, now, in the 2.1 version... Man. There is a full conversation between those the guys. from marketing? A PR firm. A PR firm in the building. Let me riff on a few ideas. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Comics. Yeah. <laughs> And so, thinking about it out loud now, that's quite—it's quite comical, isn't oh, it? it? It's, it's a funny scene. It's a it's funny, a funny scene. scene, but not remembering it ever, it was so random, oh, wasn't it? Was it was heaps random, heaps random. But also, and, and there was a, and the other scenes I feel sorry for is there was, uh, Mary Jane's friend. Oh yes, and she was in a previous. Yeah, Raimi film. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember which. Uh, she was in. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe it's is, is it for Love of the Game? It's one of those films. It's one of those little sections in there. Simple Plan. Yeah, for Love of the Game. One of those two. And she basically, and and she and it's a really good scene because you always wonder when you watch these rom coms that these these. Guys or girls are in, or they're in another relationship, and they're, yes. you know, they're but they're in love with someone else. And you just go, oh, so you're actually sort of like lying to your current partner, even though you're currently your heart belongs to someone else. And they actually talk about that in while they're doing, um, yeah, they're doing shoes, and you know, and the girl actually brings up, which is such a good, which I love. I've never seen that in those 
type of uh, love triangle before. Going, yes. Yeah, how can you then? How can you marry this guy if he's not the number one in your heart? And she's like, oh, you know, he'll always be there, and you know, and stuff like that. And you, and, and she says, well, and I always like, yeah, that's right. You always go, what? What they do don't mean? touch on it often, no, they do don't they, touch Craig? On it. They never touch on stuff like that, you know what I mean? The fact that they're in love with someone, but they're going to go home and most likely have sex with someone they don't. And she goes home and tries the upside down kiss upside with down him. kissing him, yeah. And, yeah, and it work. doesn't work. It just doesn't work. That can even be Spider-Man. He's, he's an astronaut, for Christ's sake. Very true. I'm, I'm just having a quick look because I didn't want to be wrong for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't in another Sam Raimi film. No, oh, I thought she was. Oh. She guy. was in a film that I did watch just recently, which is Julie and Julia. No, <laughs> 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 on our little going through Nancy Myers' work. Um, but she's actually—I love those moments with her because mm. what it does is it, it does bring that. Um, it almost brings an accountability to MJ. It does. It does. Um, which is she, awesome. She comes across as a little bit too wishy-washy. MJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like. Because you do, you question why she would yeah. say yes to a man. Now, on paper, all the pieces are there for a yeah a solid man. Yeah, exactly. He's an astronaut. Yeah, bloody hell. He's got a rich family. Yep. You know, so all the pieces are lining up. He looks like he really likes MJ. Yeah, He's he does. been to see a play a few times. And That's a horrible thing to walk out of a person on a wedding, man. And <sighs> the way it happens. Horrible. Yep. Horrible, and I know it's a dramatic sequence and stuff like that. But really, it's a it's a it's a moment of, as I, I guess as a young person, you go, that's so romantic. Yes. She's realizing, you know what I mean? Should have realized before they paid for the freaking flowers. <laughs> I agree with Jane, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Quick, call the caterer. Don't open the caviar. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I agree. Oh, that's right, Jonah. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not cheap at a wedding. They're, and that's a big-ass church, man. That's the church right in the middle of New York. And this poor guy done nothing wrong. Social elite. They'd be a social elite. Yep. Destroyed. Yep. Destroyed. Yep. It's a, Actually, my beautiful wife, who does love her Hallmark films yep. and romance and all that sort of stuff, she's really struggled so far through the Raimi um, series yeah. because of moments like that. That, cool. that on paper people would initially think are romantic things. Mm. Things like that. But when you really think about it, they're not. They're yeah. horrible things to have happen to people. Yeah, exactly. You know, no one would wish that on anybody. No, exactly. And the fact that, you know, it's she's dramatically running through the park in a wedding dress, man. With the biggest smile on her face. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like, yeah, that's not really good, man. And you should have had the... I think one of the problems with the series... Yep. Is that I don't think MJ I don't think MJ is a good character. No. Um I will I don't She's I, not the girl next door. No, no, and I yeah, exactly. And I don't even though there whenever she says go get him tiger, it's beautiful. You know, yeah. it's beautifully yeah, said. Yeah. But I don't think Kirsten Dunst passes off really well. Um I'm sorry, I don't I don't think she ages really well no. as well in this. Um like what I mean by ages is I mean her character portrayal. Yeah. Um, not her herself. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's beautiful. You can't. But there's a coldness that yeah that gets across. You know what I mean? Like Emma Stone, she's gorgeous. Is gorgeous. You know, even Zendaya. Uh, Zendaya is really good as yeah. a as a new modern um, MJ. Yeah. Emma Stone, I still think is the best of the partners. Yeah, Gwen Stacy, and there was that whole rumor that she would become Spider Gwen. Yeah. You know all those sorts of things, but 
Like, I agree with you totally. I think my least favorite actor in the series is Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, and and also she's not written really well. No, you know what I mean. I guess because you know Kirsten Dunst. Yes, she's a great actress, but she she always plays these slightly harder to get. Yeah, older characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you ever watch these, but she's a great actress. Yeah, but she she do, yeah she doesn't come across well enough for the effort. Yeah, yeah. I really I was thinking about because we talked about the casting rumors first, the first Spider Man, mm. and there was Kate Hudson was rumored to be MJ at one point. See, that would have been good. And I think the reason that's good is. When I think Kirsten Dunst, she's very melancholy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She is very well. That's one of her movies. Melancholia yeah, is melancholy, one. Of them. Yeah. But to me, there's a sadness behind her eyes all the time. Yeah, oh, even incredible. in moments of joy, she doesn't portray joy. Yeah, she's it's. But there's also a little bit where it feels like she does want to be there. Yes, isn't that an interesting? I think that's her f- demeanor in general. Yeah, is like I don't want to put it on her but you know the the running joke of resting bitch, bitch face. face yeah you know i think just her demeanor can sometimes make her look as though she's disinterested in things yeah exactly and and i think what kate hudson could bring to it is just a little bit of joy that would be like the go get him tiger yes would exactly. just be so good like um i think it would have been because there are times where you go and it sounds horrible, but and and once again, I don't think it's all Kristen Dunst's fault, no, no. you know, because she has to just do what she gets directed to do, yeah, and also what's written what's on written? the page, yeah. Um, you you almost go, well, what's so special about her that you'd go through all this drama? Yes, you know I mean, and but also she's she always she always plays um like in these movies from, and from memory, I, I haven't watched three. She's always the victim. Yeah, you know what I mean, like even Aunt May puts up a fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you just go, oh, yeah, you just, you know, what I mean, it's just. But also, yeah, it's it comes across with a sense of there's a pessimism to their relationship. A lot of it, you know what I mean. Like even at the end when she gets saved, she goes straight into his arms. Yeah, I feel like maybe talking about it out loud with you now. I feel like maybe it's one of those things, you know where someone just doesn't quite get a character? Yeah. It's like the writers just don't quite get who MJ is. Mm. And therefore you get this almost like two-thirds version of her. Yeah. You know? You know. No, exactly. And I think the writers, and this is where, and that's what I was saying, I think a lot of the blame lays on the, writer, lays on the writers in this. And the fact that I don't think she's, yeah, she's just... Yeah, she's just not. She's not a good enough character. Like they keep putting her into situations, like yep. and uh, as with the storyline, which makes it seem very unforgiving. Yeah, you know, very unforgiving. You know, like it seems like the world revolves around her every time. Yes. Every time there's an argument, the world it's always about you know what they're not doing for her. Yeah. When you come see my play, when you come see my play, when you come to, you know, what I mean, and stuff like that. Where I guess a newer character today would just. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it just doesn't strike me. It's a very early 2000s um, is, character trope, it? you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think it was the dying time of the um, girlfriend in trouble. The last yeah. of the girlfriend in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of Kirsten Dunst, let's just jump right to the end of the film where mm. they're in Doc Ock's lab. 
Yep. That's on the water. Yep. He's got the um, is it unobtainium. Is that the name? Unobtainium. <laughs> no, no, not the, unob- the, the unobtainium. No, unobtainium avatar. avatar. <laughs> What's this one? It's got um, tridium or something. Tridium. They've got the tridium. And he's doing the giant version, yeah. which in in the in the scheme of the plot, um, in order to get it, he has to go to Harry Osborne, yeah, and say, "I want all your tritium." He goes, "I'll only give it to you if you bring me Spider Man." There's another thing: is he's a mopey bastard as well, and so you almost go, "Oh man, you and MJ are just made for each other." Yeah, two, <laughs> two moping <laughs> bastards around the house. You I know? do. Go, mm, I, mm. I think James. What do you want for dinner? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. We had chicken last night. Spider Man burnt my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man burnt my dinner. There's webs on my pizza. Yeah, on my pizza. <laughs> um, There's webbing on your face, MJ. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> I love how you just let that sit. Like, they'll get it. Let it sink ah, let in. It sit, let it, let sit. it sit. Second let time round, people. Jokes are like a curry. Uh, <laughs> um, run straight through you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I do think James Franco is far better in this film than he is in the first film. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is far better. I just don't, once again, I just don't have much respect for the dude. Well, yeah. All like, that no, that, sorry, with the character. Yeah. With the character. Sorry. James yep. Franco, yeah. I, you know, I can give a take on James Franco. So I love, I do love when we get to the end, Doc Ock has taken um, MJ. We're classic damsel in distress scenario, yep. Craig. Yep, exactly. Classic. So she's there. She's tied up against the wall. <laughs> yep. Soaking wet. Yep. Nipples out again. Uh, yes. Cold. It's cold by the water. It's cold by the water. Waterfront property does have its disadvantages, <laughs> exactly, Craig. Exactly. <laughs> it's very well, nipply. Know, yeah, exactly. You can't have air con in these things. No, no, well, you can't. You don't need them. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's already no, doing it no, for exactly. you. Um, so, Spider-Man comes to save the day. Yep. I love skipping right to the end of it. It's such a great action scene. Oh, it's a the beautiful The battle within scene. there. Even the scene I love, and this is the best, it's my favorite interaction between them. Yep. Is where um, he catches the wall. Oh, Yeah. That's my favourite interaction between those two. <laughs> yeah. In the whole movies, you know what I mean? In every movie. Yeah, I know the kiss scene's dramatic and stuff like that. Yeah. But like as two characters meeting each yeah. other, that's a beautiful scene. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. And they're both, you know, they're both just so good. At Again, this. though, that wall catch becomes iconography used in future films. Yeah, yeah exactly. You but know? it's funny. If that chemistry in that moment is across the whole movie, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It's and like they're like, oh, we're I think near you the might... end of the shoot. Let's relax a bit. Well, you might be nailing it there, Craig. And the real issue that we have with Kirsten Dunst is the fact that their chemistry is just not there. No, the chemistry is not there. But also each interaction scene, each interaction scene is always a tense moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? There's no lightheartedness in any of their moments. Yes. That they share together. And so you you don't, you don't see what they're... You don't see the point of what they're fighting for. Yeah. You just see two people. You're like, you really aren't suited. There's yeah. no chemistry between. You know, there's always just some. One's always angry at the other, or the one's about to say no to each other. It's always a big dramatic conversation. You know what I mean? And it was just. But there's no playful moments where you just go, yeah, they'd be those two. They're good together. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> you don't see that in any of well, the films. You know, there's nothing that's got you cheering them 
to be, to be together. together. Exactly. exactly. And I think, I think again, a different, different actors. Yeah. So once again, it. yeah. So it's not all Kirsten's fault. No. 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 <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I've got to say, I do still love this film. I, I look, I, as much as we've spent ten minutes on that, it's quibble. It, it <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the why you watch this movie. You know, I'm not going to go watch this movie and go, yeah, I'm watching this so I can see the love. You know, yeah, the love journey here. No, hell no. You watch this for, and and Raimi does it right. You know, he he focuses on Spider Man and his villains. Yes, you know what I mean, and that's what it should be. Yep. Now, in at, essence, at the end, there we get to the point where it leads us towards. A return of Green Goblin or the Hobgoblin. The Hobgoblin. Um, again, going to Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yep. I love the way in Amazing Spider-Man Two the arrival of Green Goblin or Hobgoblin. I, I don't know which one they call him in that, but yeah, it's essentially think- it's a transformation as a result of him trying to be stronger. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to. I like that way more than the revenge plot of Harry just being mopey and wanting revenge for his dad. Yeah, because that's all the thing with Franco. That's what annoys me about Franco's character. He just comes across as a whiny little rich boy. Yeah, which yeah. essentially is what he is. Yeah, I know, but like, I think whether it was whether Franco just never got to that point because I'm I'm aware he has a talent today. Yeah, but at the time, I don't know whether he got to the point where he could have conveyed. It, it feels more like you took something from me, Spider-Man, instead of you took my dad, man. Yeah, well, I think the thing that really plays a part in it is that the relationship between them in the first film. Yeah. Um, Harry, um, Norman Osborn, is just such a bastard to yeah. Harry that you don't understand. Like, to me, it makes no sense that he's so... That he's so hung up on it. Uh, yeah. Like, <sighs> the fact that he just wants to get revenge. Yes. Like, let's be honest... You're successful. Yeah. You own a company. Exactly. You know, like you like, do. You, your dad's no longer there, making fun of you all the time. Exactly. You'd be so like you know, like when um he finds out it's Toby. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you killed my father. You know, you, you sort of be like, if I was Spider-Man, I'd be like, oh, f- oh, f- oh fuck off, man! You didn't even like your dad. Yeah. It'd <laughs> 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 be that type what, of argument. What is bringing this what, on? What's this bringing so you didn't even like it. You didn't. No, you didn't. Like, look, I've got to go. MJ's in trouble. <laughs> Where, where's, where's the stream? Come on, man. Shit. <laughs> what are you even talking about? Yeah, what are you about? even talking about? Because that's how real mates would have talked. Yeah. yeah you're my best friend. Fuck off, man. I know for truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was he friends talk? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so I think, I guess when you're building canon, mm. This is the risk you take when you go for a one-filmed approach. Yeah. And then you add to it, don't you? Because yeah, exactly. you can't undo what was done in the first film. Exactly. Exactly. But like... And I guess when we look back now, we're talking, you know, 10, 15 years now. This is a 15-year-old film. Mm. 15 years of viewing to then be able to pick these things apart, isn't yeah, it? Like, oh, yeah. Look, oh, we're being picky. Uh, but it being good... And once again, I haven't seen three in ages. Yes. But I guess it would have been good. We could have been looking at this in a total different thing if Raimi was able to double down on Frank Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you saw it as a full arc, 
and it was just instead of that very rushed arc at the end of three where they just wanted to rush him into a good guy, bad guy, bad guy, good guy, you know what I mean? Yes. If you just doubled down and put all of that into um, three, yeah, you would have been like, man. I think you, you're totally right, Craig, because by having Harry go through, like if three starts and Harry is basically on the streets because he's lost all his money, mm. you know, like... And that, all he has is like his secret lair, which his dad left him. Definitely. Or it goes a, a very dark man path the, after the explosion, which takes yes. half his face. Yes. He goes into there. Yes. And disappears. And everyone thinks Harry's dead. And, yes. And he just, he's just milling away in a very friggin' Phantom of the Opera type way. Yes. See, perfect, Craig. You know what I found out the other day? I never realized this. You, this may be common knowledge. But you know the original Phantom of the Opera, opera, opera movie that was done? Around about this time, yeah. You know, that was Jared Butler. Yes, Fuck, I never knew that. He yes. was playing down his iconic roles. Yeah, I never knew, knew it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I blew my mind. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys, that was common knowledge to everyone. Hey, I was watching the GQ. GQ, you ever watch those GQ on YouTube? GQ had this awesome series where they bring in amazing actors, and each actor breaks down their roles. No, man, it's share iconic. me that on talks, the group yeah, chat. Man. Come on, and he dude. talks and he talks about um. He talk, obviously talks about 300 and how he got into 300. And oh, like that. Craig. But everyone, man, there's all of these amazing actors who go through it and they just break down their iconic roles. Michael Douglas talks about um, Romancing the Stone. Awesome. Oh, you got to send that through, all Craig. Right. Send it on the group chat. John, Get on it, guys. it's coming to you. JQ. Now, let's talk bank robbery, Craig. Bank robbery, bank robbery. So, I'm going blank. Peter and oh, yes, Aunt yeah, May, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. they go into the bank to get a loan. Because Aunt May has it. Joel McHale from Community is yeah. there. You know, lots of little people who go on to have television careers yeah, exactly. in this film. With the Russo brothers. Yeah, Russo brothers. Um, when Joel McHale was bigger than the Russo brothers. Crazy. Um, so they go in to get a loan, or at least a free toaster. Yeah. They don't even get that. And it just so happens that Doc Ock, with his newfound tentacles, mm-hmm. Goes to rob the bank. Same bank, because there's only one bank. In yeah, that's right. New York City. The big bank. The big bank. Which the one that has the one that still stores money in bags. Yeah. <laughs> white <laughs> in bags. Old school, old school friggin' monopoly bags. Yeah, <laughs> white bags. Um, and I'm gonna say I love that action scene of the bank robbery where where he's fighting and I love the way that the tentacles are used as like an additional character to Doc Ock. Yeah. So like they're punching and stabbing at Peter while throwing bags. I love how they add more of the, um, and it's amazing, I love how they add more technology to them. Yes. You know what I mean? They're so much more technical than comics where they're just like, those pooper scooper things. Yeah, yeah, books, Lego you know? arms. Yeah, those gunk, Lego gunk, arms gunk. that just pick up stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> little just so claws. you don't have to pick up stuff off the ground. But um, yeah, with he, these ones, yeah, each one, you know, ones can actually access computers. Yeah, you can, it they're almost has, characters in yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. They have ones has cameras. They're actually shaped differently. Yes, which I from change from memory. Yeah, awesome. So good, and I love the way that they film it. I actually was like, i got to find out how much of this is CG, how much of this is practical. So any time that they're in close mm. and they're doing their thing, that's all puppetry. Yeah. Um, and any time that he's sort of being lifted off the ground, that's all CG. Well, it's from – because this was what was funny because going through the IMDb looking through – Yeah, um, yeah. 
that guy was in it so much that he's actually credited as a puppeteer in the cast. Wow. So, uh, it so just threw good. me off because I was like, what? what Dr. Octopus's arms? <laughs> There's a guy who's actually credited as a cast member. Wow. Well, i got to say, like the practical nature of those effects adds so much more to them. Yeah. Because there's a real life. Like they're, they're literally, each of those are four like living characters in exactly. the way they're done. And it's so great. Um, I do love following on from the bank robbery, the fight on the side of the building yes. with Aunt May. Oh man! Again, really horror moments as he's like smashing his way yeah, up no, the building, sliding down the. Um, <laughs> you think she's gonna fall, yeah. um, and then the ledge was under her the whole time, good. and she does that little oh oh. <laughs> poor Spider Man breaks into like a um, like a sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sweatshops, I like I like how they actual they actually stopped working. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> a real sweatshop they get keep working <laughs> um, Spider-Man get down get down <laughs> I love speaking of Asians I do love how whenever there's a laboratory scene in any Sam Raimi film they need an Asian assistant <laughs> yeah but this one didn't did you see who arts. did you see who it was yeah um, Daniel Day Kim yeah 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 that's it Daniel, yeah because where was he where would we see him love of the game for love of the game mm. he was in Lost later on yep um uh, Hawaii Five O. Don't forget about that, Craig. Oh, yeah, Jesus. My mum loves that show. Really? Um, oh, she loves it. She loves Scott Khan. She loves it. Now, I really wanted to talk a moment that I think is crucial to a very spoken about moment in Spider-Man Three. The raindrops keep falling on my head. Moment in this oh. film, Craig. <laughs> uh, now, when people talk about Spider-Man Three. Mm. Often they talk about emo Spider-Man dancing. And that's used as the basis of a lot of arguments as to why it's a terrible film. Yeah. Emo Spider-Man. Talking the black fringe, swooshed over, and his little dance scene where he makes out with a girl and all sorts of things. Now, I've got to say, I love the raindrops keep falling on my head. That's a beautiful scene. It's, you know, that moment where Peter wakes up his eyes are blurry. He's got to put glasses back yeah. on. His powers are gone. He's no longer Spider-Man and the freedom that he feels in that. And it really is such a great choice in song. Exactly. Because lyrically, it's just spot on, isn't it, Craig? It is. And he, he is. And that's the thing. He's free. He's yes. Free. No, it's beautiful. Like, it's it's funny. When it's done right, it's magical. Yes. You know what I mean? Um and ironically, funny. ironically, Mark Webb does a beautiful in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yes, then goes on obviously Amazing Spider Man. But yeah, it's 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 heaps good. Heaps it's so good. good. And even the moment, I love how it ends with the freeze frame, almost like we're watching Cheers. Yeah, or, exactly. or it's something. like it's like the start of a TV show. Yes, and <laughs> it's so tongue in cheek. Peter McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it because it really is. It's it's cheesy. But Raymond can nail the cheese. Yes, he's he's gotten good at it now. Yes. Whereas before the cheesy could be jarring. Yes. He actually knows how to how to insert a good amount of cheese. Totally, totally, Craig. Um, can I voice a bugaboo I have with this film? That's what we've been doing. Um, this is like, I really think I can see past Kirsten Dunst. 
because yep. I think the film as a oh yeah, I, know, I can good. see past it. You know, she she's I'm good enough. Watch it. Yeah, she's she's good, good enough. enough. Good enough. Um, this one is one that just doesn't sit right with me, um, and I think it's the moment where Peter sits down and tells Aunt May what happens at the table. Yeah, now that is such a beautiful moment, and both. Toby Maguire and I, for the life of me, can't remember her Aunt name. May. She'll always but be Aunt May. They are acting the heck out of that scene. Like you feel every moment the Peter's telling, uh, you feel it, mm. and then you feel every moment of reaction she has. Yeah, you, you know? can feel the hurt in her. Yes. You know what I mean? like she doesn't mean to. No, you know, it's just you know, this is she. She misses Ben. She's but still mourning Ben. My only bugaboo I have in it. Is Aunt May from the first film hmm. is so incredibly loving that she would never shun Peter as she does because she gets up and walks away from him. Mm. And I get that we react emotionally to news like that, but time has passed enough. Like we're talking, they talk about it's been two years since he passed. No, a year. I'm pretty sure they say two in the film. Oh, okay, cool. Um, in 2.1, it's a year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I could no, be no, wrong, no, no, no. I just, it's, an old, it's, an old, it's an old joke I used to play on people if I got it wrong. Oh. I'd always say, well, in the director's cut, it says. <laughs> <laughs> and look, who knows? But like, whatever the time frame is, time, enough time has passed for some of the hurt to heal. Yeah. Enough that she wouldn't just leave the person she just adores. And so it just really, I feel it's so petty for me to say it, but I feel they really betray Aunt May's character by making her get up and walk away from Peter. Yeah, I can see your point in that. I can see your point in that. And, but I also see her point of why she did, because she loved Ben so much. Yeah. But also she's, this is a down and out Aunt May. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? She's she losing is. her house. That's true. You know what I mean? She's, she's Aunt May is... The hardest hit in two. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he actually, it's funny. It's, she's almost forgotten about at the end where, you know, Spider-Man gets everything he wants towards, you know, pretty much, well, apart from, you know, MJ. But Aunt May, man, she's down and out. She's had to sell a house. She has to move away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she basically, and she's just living hard. Yeah, living she hard, is. Man. And, look, it's no wonder she's selling a house. Like, Green Goblin came through and smashed the heck out of that place. Oh, friggin' oath, man. Friggin' oath. But I love, this is what I love, um, and it's one of those beautiful callbacks, is that house is perfectly designed and remade in Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Even the shed at the back, yes. which turns into the huge, you know. I love it. I love that part. So You're just going, much. Oh, it's so good. So you much. You go, oh, just go into the shed. She had, Aunt May had something under me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig, there's one more thing from the extended cut that I really want to talk about, which is probably one of my favourite moments. Um, yeah, the hardcore sex scene. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That's uh, quite, that's Coyote Ugly has that. Yes, I do know because I, know, I, I once watched it. I once watched it too and go, what the hell? Where did this come from? Where did this come from? What is Adam Garcia getting it out? <laughs> yeah, I was shocked at in Coyote Ugly. There is no sex scene in Spider-Man 2. No, Don't worry about that, guys. Uh, but he can't get his webbing out. <laughs> but the very, very funny moment when we cut to J. Jonah Jameson's office 
and the Spider-Man costume that oh, he's had on oh, display oh, on the wall. That is amazing. Oh, it's so oh, that good. That blew my mind. So in the extended cut, I'd never seen this. I'd never seen it before. There is either. a scene where looking through the blinds of his office are his staff as J. Jonah Jameson is dressed in the Spider-Man costume, except for the mask. Yeah, and, and he's still he's, got the cigar in his mouth. He's still got a cigar oh. in his mouth, and he's bouncing around pretending that he's shooting he's webs. <laughs> <laughs> it is so darn funny. It's funny, but it's filthy in the same breath as well, man. Just, I hope you wash that stuff. <laughs> Come on, it, it, it gets sweaty. We got sweaty in the room today, man. Yeah, Imagine being yeah. in a tight suit. That's true. That's true. But still, man, that was hilarious. That scene was oh, brilliant. so funny, oh, Craig. Oh, I, I, I did a laugh out loud, man, when I yeah, saw that. Yeah, same. I really, I found it so very, yeah. very funny. Um, And one of those things that you go, oh, Surely that 20 seconds mm. is worth keeping in the film oh, just so for the funny. laugh factor because it's the funniest moment in the film. Mm. So good. I know, but it's it's one of those funny things. It's um, what they call in writing killing your darlings. Yes. You just, you Tell me to. more about Killing Your Darlings. Killing Craig. Your Darlings, it's, um, and there's an actual movie with um, Daniel Radcliffe called Killing My Darlings. It's, it's just authors, um, sometimes you have to cut out your favourite things in yes. the movie. To keep it in line with the movie. Oh, or I to cut it. down on time. It's called Killing Your Darlings. Yep. So good, Craig. <laughs> so good. Um, I just want to take a moment before we sort of get to the end. Because I reckon we there's a lot... Oh, you can talk for days about yeah, it. Yeah. And I think, like, we'll get to what we feel about the film in a minute. Mm. Um, I've just got to say, I really love Tobey Maguire in this. We touched on it later. Yeah. Tobey Maguire is acting the heck out of this film. Yes. You know, and like you said, he's not afraid to get ugly in it. Yeah, exactly. The the train moment, his face when he's really straining under that, he's not worried about looking ugly. Yeah, some actors you could just imagine they'd be like, no, 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 I would do it like this. Yeah, that's you know exactly I mean? but right. But straining faces, you know. You know, there's that that'd funny be, moment. That'd be Toby Maguire's orgasm face. Orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it. You know it. It's his straining face. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, like, I think about... A lot of the pussy posse sold that. It, it made, oh, goodness. It made me think of... Um, have you seen James, James Gunn's Super? No, I haven't watched it yet. There's a really funny moment in it where he talks about... Um, in it, his wife leaves him. The yeah. main character and Rain Wilson's so good in it, uh, but he says it's just a really funny moment. He goes, you know, sometimes you cry, but everyone looks so stupid when they cry. And there's a scene of him crying, and he looks all ugly and and yeah, funny. Exactly. And I think it's a really clever thing that James Gunn puts in that film that sort of tells you that um, it's true. Like yeah. crying isn't pretty. No, it isn't. You know, it's a heartfelt that cry. One tear. That's exactly down right. The face, you know, it's it's it's. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And <laughs> and again, like you think about the moment where Toby Maguire's running across the roof, mm. and he's just giving it his all because he's gonna just, he's believing how hardly he's gonna gonna do this, and he tries hard. His running face, like he's, I'm trying hard I to know. run face. But that's brilliance of um, yes, Maguire in this role, and. There's there's some moments in this role as well where he's so subtle. Yeah. And if you don't look, 
you're going to miss it. You yeah. know, like a blink and miss it moment. Like when Bruce Campbell's talking to him and he wants to get in, there's a moment where he looks down and he's got his hand in the pose ready to hit him with web. <laughs> like, did you notice that? <laughs> so, so like while it's going on, he's looking down at his hand and his hand's ready to just be like, boom, and just hit Bruce Campbell with some web. You know, like little touches like that that you go, oh, man. He's like, for someone who was potentially not even in the role, yeah, he's given everything. He plays he plays Spider-Man, and I think this is brilliant. And it's also very key to the character of Spider-Man. He plays a very human. He does, doesn't he? Very it? human. And like, you know, sometimes people when they get powers, they suddenly, you know, they, they get a sheen above them of yes. ability. Not this guy. And no. that's what's, and that, but that's also a very key aspect of Spider Man. It's so good, isn't it? And exactly. and I think we've really got to give props where props are due. Raimi does great in this, but Toby Maguire makes it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think these this will this wouldn't have been as, as nowhere near as good if it yeah. wasn't. Hundred percent. Now I've got one word for you, Craig. Rant. Rant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Who is that dude? How good are those moments where even like Peter gets up in the morning, half asleep, to go to the bathroom, and then the guy pushes in front of me. He's like, Rant. Do you do you have your rent? No. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love those. the The humor in this film is just the right exactly, tone. Exactly. Exactly. Like Raimi really has. He's nailing the tone of this so well in throughout. The balance is so good. Now, Craig. So, you got any more you want to throw in on this bad boy? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, good cool. Boo. So overall, what do you think of the film? loved it it's still spider-man 2 it is isn't it yeah exactly you know and it's funny that i can only rate it as spider-man 2 yeah you know what i mean because that's how iconic it is yeah in, in my film lore of my life man it's spider-man 2 it is it's 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 a stand by which i measure most superhero films and that says a lot for the film, doesn't it? It does it does considering we're talking 15 years yeah exactly exactly um i think I totally agree with you. Um, I love this film. Yes. And even though it may have sounded at times that we complained about it a little bit today. Yeah, because just, you know, oh, there's not much else to say apart from <laughs> Well, I <laughs> think... It's all brilliant. It's all brilliant. At the same time, we've got to a point in Raimi's career where we can look at a film and go, you're better than that. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. like, you can see that. Mm. Now, he is churning a film out. Like, really... A two-year turnaround from Go to Woe. Yeah, it's hardcore. It's crazy town for a film of this scale. Exactly. Um, especially considering their filming was nine months. <laughs> you know, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Is, it? it is, it um, is. Like, he had to have been balancing post-production at oh, the same time. Yep. But I love it. I think Spider-Man 2 is the benchmark for superhero films. Yep. I think... Um, it has created so many iconic um, tropes that are crucial to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think really it's easy to look at. It's, what's difficult is we're going to get to ranking. Mm. Um, what's difficult for me in this is to go in the terms of Raimi's arc, where does this rank? Yeah. Or in terms of where this sits in my favorite films? Yep. Or even in a superhero, it's a hard genre. one. Yeah, it's a really difficult 
place to place it. That's where. What perspective do you want to look at it from? That's exactly right. So, Craig, we love the film. That's a given. Very much a given. That's a given. And I think most people will. Easily. You know, but... Where do you rank this? Let's look at the Cinefool's um, Studios whiteboard. Um, Craig currently has at number one The Gift. At number two, he's got Spider-Man. Yep. Followed by Evil Dead 2, A Simple Plan, For Love of the Game at number five, Army of Darkness, The Evil Dead, The Quick and the Dead, Dark Man at number nine, and Crime Wave at 14. Yep. I will I'll put... Look, I have to put Spider-Man 2 at number one. Damn. I love Spider-Man 2, man. It's it's Damn. just, it's so much of a movie for me. And it was, you know what? And I loved watching the 2.1. It yes. sort of made me feel like I was watching it afresh. It was special, I mean? wasn't yeah, it? it was very special. So, yeah. It's, look, it's, it's not, it's funny. Saying Spider-Man 2, it's not my favorite Raimi movie. Interesting. You know what I mean? I don't think this is Raimi's best film. Yeah. Um, but. To me, it's just it's Spider Man Two. Yeah, it's Spider Man Two. It's like Superman Two for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just Spider Man Two. So good. Well, this has been I've been really racking my brain for a week on this, Craig. Yeah. Because uh, I've currently got Spider Man at number one, The Gift at number two, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two, Simple Plan at five, The Evil Dead, The Quick and the Dead, For Love of the Game, Dark Man, and at number ten, Crime Wave. I'm going to put this at number two, Craig. Ooh. And I think why I'm doing this is that the more adult themes throughout two yeah. take a bit of the joy out of it for me. It is. So it, yeah. if I feel I, if I think about how I feel about Spider-Man 1, there's more joy in Spider-Man 1. Which, again, is the road. Like, a successful sequel generally goes darker in the second showing. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely. So I love one for that. I also think one brings a more successful balance of Raimi into it. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, Spider-Man 2 is a very close second. It is. It is. And it's as hard. It could be Wild Card could come into it. And True. I could just be like, nah, I've got to switch it. I've got to yeah. switch it. I'm looking at the, what we've got left. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't think I don't think we've got anything that's going to challenge for the number one I haven't seen Oz the Grand Powerful. It might just hit me in the right moment and the right... Yeah, because I love James Franco. Quite possibly. You love yeah. Zach Braff too. <sighs> Is Zach Braff in it? Zach Braff does play a character oh, in it. Shit, Jeff, you know, I can't stand that. Yes, but Mila Kunis, Mila Kunis is in. Yeah, okay. Rachel Weisz. That, 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 oh, right. Okay, these, these, these. We're balancing. <laughs> We're balancing. <laughs> We're balancing. Craig. All right, I'm getting excited again because I love <laughs> those two actresses, man. Um, Especially Rachel Weisz. How fucking beautiful is she? Oh, the she's classiest, beautiful woman. I w- Do you know what beautiful. I wish she'd be? I wish she'd be a Bond girl. Yeah, true. I reckon she could just do a like subvert the Bond girl really well. Yeah, yeah, and and it'd be awesome to actually see an older Bond girl now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because she's still well. Actually, they did that with um, Monica Bellucci. Yeah, Monica Bellucci. Yeah, but they almost see you know it would be really good to have her as Bond's equal. Yes, I'd love that. Mm. I'd love that so much. Um, so. It's really interesting, Craig, to see this new little section of Raimi's filmography. Yeah, I know. Because I think 
I'm going to call it now just from past experience. This is the peak of Raimi. And we'll go down a little bit from here. Now, I haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, so Drag Me to Hell could be a phenomenal film. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think Spider-Man 3 is going to top it. I'm I'm really hoping that my my perspective of Spider-Man 3 will be changed by this. Yeah, I'm interested to see it in a a Raimi perspective. Um, So let's see how that goes. But, Craig, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter. You can find us at Instagram at FFTL podcast yes <laughs> then you can go on to you can find us at um on facebook fftl podcast go to our website fftlpodcast.com yep. or email us at info at fftl podcast and keep the emails coming keep them coming loving it loving send loving us your messages feedback, loving your feedback loving we your love comments it. on our post yeah so loving good. our little side conversations that we're having Tyler woo yeah Cheers love out. chatting to you brother yep. oh, love out to your dad man hope, she's, hope he's getting better yes yes big love to him Um, and you know if you're digging it share it share it share it with your friends someone shared it we tell don't know someone who. about it we, we don't know who, who. thank you whoever it. that was and we just did a ripple all through the states <laughs> it was lovely wasn't yeah, it I know we don't know <laughs> what happened it viraled through the states well not really a full virus so it wouldn't really worry the CDC but it was more like oh you know it's been getting around yeah <laughs> yeah it made a blip it made a blip it was a good blip it was a, good it was blip. a nice blip yeah, um, I appreciate blips we do we really appreciate blips now Craig next week is the final Spider-Man film oh, can't wait Spider-Man 3 um, look my memory of this is that it is a bit of a dog's breakfast mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping there's some history there that we can report on yeah exactly um so I'm really keen on getting to Spider-Man 3 next week. I am so hopeful, though, that I wouldn't put this... Like, if we'd said at the start of the season, where will it rank? Yeah. I probably could see Spider-Man 3 being on the crime wave level. True, true. And I'm hoping that it's actually going to be a bit higher than that. I think it'll be higher. It'll be higher. So I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys are loving what we're doing. Um we're just having heaps of fun. We are. We're loving it. We're loving it. This is, I'm, I'm calling it, this is like the taking me by surprise. Oh, what? The Sam Raimi, Raimi Yeah, season. oh, Raimi's been fun, man. It's, it's heaps fun. Loving it. Yeah. It's just been so weird. Yeah, it has, hasn't oh, it? It's so weird and fun and optimistic and dark and all this shit. Oh, man, I've loved this season. Awesome little journey, isn't it? Yeah, it, it has been a quite, quite Awesome journey. journey. So, guys, next week, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. We can't wait to talk it. So... Time for the schmozzle. Time for the schmozzle. We're getting there. So from all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.